Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Thank you, O oh God, for what you have done, what you have promised to fulfill your purpose and your pleasure in our lives. Thank you for friends of ministry. Thank you for families. Thank you for solid marriages, O oh God, that uh, produce a foundation for strong children to know their God and to see great exploits. Bless your word this morning. We celebrate the King of glory in this house. We worship the King of kings. Father, have your way in this house. Have your way amongst the families in this place, Father. Allow your kingdom to flourish in this place, Lord. And impact in us all the families of the earth shall be blessed, Lord. That's the heritage of those who live uh, in the faith of God, that God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Allow your word to be a seed planted in our hearts this morning. Allow your word to be a lamp unto our feet. Allow your word to be a double-edged sword and penetrate deeply into who we are, O oh God. And Father, allow your reality to cause all the temporary vain things of this earth that are passing and fleeting to be removed that we might do the full will of God. We give you thanks for Jesus Christ and his death on the cross to have brought us into the reality of God and his purpose. Bless your word in the hearts of your people and allow this message, O oh God, to resonate in our spirits, Lord, to birth the, the, the fruit of your kingdom, Lord, that which brings glory to your name, O oh God. And we repent, O oh God, from everything that is a hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us away from our devotion to you, O oh God. Allow us to have a heart, not only to desire the things of God, but to fulfill God's pleasure in his season. In Jesus' name we pray, and that your word would not return void this morning, but that it would perform that for which you send it. We believe it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to start out with um, something uh, along the ways of uh, up in heaven, in the sphere and the atmosphere of the universe in all of God's creation we have revelations 12 and there uh, verse 12 this talks about uh, I don't know if we could get some of these blue lights out of here Jules and just put the general sermon lights on here um, that verse says rejoice O heavens and you who dwell in them but woe to the inhabitants of the earth Woe is not a good thing. In, in, in the, the Bible, when you see the word woe, it's, it's things are about to take place that are, that are horrendous, horrendous in their reality. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, and he is, uh, his sentiment is of great wrath. All that is fine. It, it places this in context of a celebration on heaven, a craziness upon the earth, but we're going to go to the devil's sentiment. His emotion is that he's greatly enraged in wrath, driven by the fact that he knows one thing. He knows that he has a short time. A short time. The devil says, I better get going quickly into what I'm supposed to do because I don't have much time to do it in. 
And so there is a sense of urgency in this being about I need to bring as much destruction. I need to steal. I need to pillage. I need to destroy. I need to be on task. This is a sense of urgency in our adversary. And there is nothing greater than this, uh, than that the sons of God would know that they too have short time to do that which God has called them to do upon the earth. And so we've been talking about faith this year, and faith requires there to be a compelling force of urgency that you would be hearing God's voice, and if you're not hearing God's voice, you're doing everything to hear God's voice. You're not postponing that to maybe after the winter time here, I'll, I'll get to back on my knees and find out what God wants from me. Um, there's, there's no faith unless it carries an urgency about it. Urgency, uh, the wherewithal to, to propel you into God's schedule and agenda. Not something to consider for the summertime. Well, here after the school season, I'm going to see what God wants me to do. No, um, today we're going to talk about the urgency of faith. And sometimes we, I don't know about you, um, the overall majority of people have the opposite sense, not of urgency, but of procrastination. I'm going to do it later. I'll do it uh, if you're Hispanic. Mañana is your favorite word. Mañana. Mañana. Quien te prometió mañana. That famous song, tomorrow. Who promised you tomorrow? You better give your life today. You better do what God is calling you to do now. God is not a God of tomorrow. And so uh, I just pray that the Spirit of God moves in each one of your hearts to say, what I'm going to do for God, I have to do it now. I can't wait for tomorrow. I won't settle for another time. And so you'll see that throughout the Bible, this concept of urgency is so intense, is so real. The things um, that, that we sometimes push off tomorrow have to must, uh, must take place today. Uh, John chapter 7, um, we see the life of Jesus and his brothers are trying to get him to hurry up. We, we don't want to uh, be premature about our urgency. That means I don't want you to do what God wants you to do tomorrow, today. That's called front sliding. That's called uh, getting pregnant before you're married. That you don't want to do that. You don't want to rush and, and, and live life out of seasons. But what I do want is that the Spirit of God might tell you that what God is telling you to do right now, don't do it tomorrow. Because you might not have the opportunity. I'll give my life tomorrow. I'll join the church and get serious tomorrow. I will start tithing and offering tomorrow. I will go looking for a job tomorrow. The things that you have to do today, I pray that the Spirit of God will give you the boldness and the courage to do right now. Because the glory is for right now <clears throat> and postponing it waters down God's schedule. Waters down what God wants you to do. So there in John chapter 7, um, verse 3. 
his brethren told him, go into Judea um, and tell the disciples, depart from here, go into Judea so your disciples might see the works that you say you're doing. They're telling Jesus what to do and when to do it. And Jesus responds, verse 4, um, it says, No one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you're the Messiah, go and show. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. They're, they're trying to propel him into his redemption plan. They're saying, come on, Jesus, you're the Savior of the world. Go and save it. You're the Messiah. Go and, and, and show people your provision. And so verse 5, it says, because his brethren, his brothers did not believe in him. They're not, they're not seeing the evidence of what he was claiming that he had come to do. I'm sure he had conversations with, with the greatness of God's plan in his life with those closest to him. And they were telling him, brother, if that's the game plan, then tally-ho, go and do what God has called you to do. They didn't believe it. And Jesus responded to them. And he says, you know something? You think that I'm not acquainted with God's timing. I'm, Jesus is better than a Swiss watch. He keeps time accurately. He knows times. He knows seasons. He knows, he knows opportunities. He doesn't miss a beat. He's always present when he needs to be. He's not... He's not He's not dragging his feet. Verse 6, he tells them this, and I tell you this now. Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come, but your time always ready. Right now is the time for you to do what God has called you to do. They were postponing it. Uh, a lot of people will do this. They'll, they'll say, hey, husband, go and do what you're supposed to do. Listen, wife, you do what you're supposed to do. Quit telling your husband what to do. You be faithful. And then husbands will tell the wife, hey, wifey, why don't you, listen, quit telling your wife what to do, and you start doing what God is calling you to do. Ask God that you would be in his season, in the sense of urgency, not sleeping, not laid back, not pushing others, and you're missing out. Matthew 24, 36 says, The day and the hour no one knows, not even the angels, but only my Father. The clockwork comes from the Father. We need to tap in to what God wants me to do. God, how do I serve you? How do I offer myself up to you? How do I invest my time, my talents, my treasure? Uh, I told a man on Thursday, I said, listen, you think that you're indispensable. God's going to remove you and put somebody in your place to do what God called you to do. You thought you could carry this off to another season. But God will move you and rise up another in an instant. And he will do what God called you to do. And you will be missed. Your family will be missed. Your generation will be missed. Because you did not have urgency about knowing God and saying, Amen. God, this is what you want. I don't give it to you later. I give it to you now. Because it becomes the premise to what comes next. What follows after is another step in God's game plan. 
My son, Nicholas, um, he says, Dad, uh, we already know what's happening today. What's happening tomorrow? I said, what's happening tomorrow depends on what you do today. If you're faithful today, God could usher his faithfulness for you tomorrow. Every day is filled with his glory. And we are fearful. I don't know if what God is calling me to do right now, I can, I can surrender. I don't know if I could take a step with God today. I'm comfortable now. I feel good now. Why is God stretching me? The day and the hour, no one knows, only my father. Verse 37, in the days, but as in the days of Noah, so will also the coming of the Son of Man is. See, some people in the days of Noah thought they had one more day. Well, I'm not going to help today. I'm not going to get involved today. Tomorrow, I'll give my life tomorrow. I thought about today. But it's so much easier to say, mañana, mañana. You don't have tomorrow. Today is the day the Lord has made. Today, if you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. We fear that if we were to take a step into God's direction. Verse 39, it says, um, verse 38 for as in the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving into marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. They were all invited. They were all part of God's redemption plan, but only eight believed. Bishop Boone did a great job last Sunday. He says, the anointing of the eighth day. Who will come in? To God's plan for this year. Depending on what you do. From what God has already started to do. This year has been phenomenal already. I was tempted to play Bishop Boone's sermon last Sunday. Every Sunday this year. Every Sunday. Because we don't need to hear another sermon. We need to do what God is calling us to do now. We need to do what God is calling us to do today. I'll sign up for the camp tomorrow. I'll sign up for the dinner tomorrow. I'll, I'll make plans to travel with the pastor next month. Listen, it's urgent today. Today. Don't live life for tomorrow. Because tomorrow has this Price to play in verse 39. They did not know until the flood came. It was too late and they were carried all away. Not to heaven. To judgment. They lost their salvation. They lost their hope. They lost the provision. They lost the purpose. They lost the significance. Because they were busy. Arguing about tomorrow, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. There will be two men in the field, verse 40. One will jump on, the other one will put it off till tomorrow. I'm not going to have urgency today. Listen, don't go to sleep without doing what God has called you to do today. You're not going to do it tomorrow. You're going to fall asleep. When God moves your heart, move with the Spirit of God. 
Just as it's powerful to know that depending on what you do today will open up tomorrow's door. To fall asleep today will put you into slumber. You'll just drift off course. You'll miss out the glory of God. I thank God for, for being purposeful, deliberate, intentional. Once you take a step, it closes the door of unbelief. It closes the door on mediocrity. It establishes a testimony for eternity that you're a man who walks with God each step. You're not left into lingering, like strain off course. Verse 40, two men will be in the field. One will jump on, the other jump off. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will say, yes, Lord. Make my seed holy. Make my husband a prince. Make my family royalty. Another one will strip that saying, no, not now, not today, tomorrow. I'm not willing to surrender today. Verse 42, watch therefore. You don't know the day of the coming of the Lord. Proverbs 27.1, he says, do not place your confidence in another day. Do not say, tomorrow I'm going to bring my wife to a place of refreshing. Don't boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what another day may bring. You don't know what you could lose in one 24-hour segment of you ignoring God. Of you not being on task. I pray God, speak to me. A lot of people say, speak to me, not because they're going to do what God says, but because they're going to say, oh, thank you for speaking to me. I'll, I'll take it home and chew on it. I'll consider it for another three years. I'll see, maybe uh, I'll do something about it tomorrow. Acts chapter 24, uh, there was a man like this. Verse 24. Acts 24, 24. I'm sorry, verse 25. Paul is standing before Governor Felix. And he tells him, Governor, this is the time. This is the place. This is the hour. This is what God wants. This is what you're to do. This, the, he reads to him the whole transcript of God's desire. And as this man reasoned about these topics of righteousness, self-control, and judgment. Paul was, was like clockwork, timing this guy. You're out of time. You're out of season. You have become a non-believer. You have postponed the plan of God for your life, for your marriage, for your family, for your church, for your finances, for the significance God wants to give you. You're out of season, Felix. And Felix became afraid. These words cause us to tremble. I don't want to miss God. God's hand is right in front of my face. I don't want to miss God. I don't want to go where God is leading me. It's big places. It's incredibly huge. It's over my size by large. And Felix became afraid and answered, go away for right now. When I have a convenient time, I'll call you back into my schedule. I'm not going to, there's no urgency about what you're telling me. I'll, I'll see how I fit it into what I want to do. My priorities, my timing, my plans, what I've scheduled. As a foolish man, God was right in front of him, witnessing to him the full power 
of what was to happen in his time. And the guy missed it. Hebrews 3.12 says, Be careful, brethren, that there be an evil, that, that, that you have an unbelieving heart, that your heart does not concord with God's call upon your life. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you with an evil heart who does not believe, and this causes you to stray from the living God. It causes you to miss out the plans God has for you. You come up with ideas that are not God's ideas. When you don't make the decision God wants you to make, when he wants you to make it, you give room for other things. A preacher, a friend of mine, says like this, when a man does not do and believe what God is calling him to do, when a man does not do and act upon the call of God for his life to do, the tragedy is that nothing is going to happen. The tragedy is not that there's loss of that there's going to be an emptiness of purpose, the tragedy that he's going to fulfill his time and his energy and his schedule with endless ideas. And at the end of the day, what are we doing? Does anybody know what we're doing? We're upon the earth serving things and not the creator. We're using our time, our resources, our energy to do other stuff that does not have the power of the glory of God. You could win the whole earth and lose your soul. What will it profit you? That you missed out on God's plan and you, your schedule is full with your plans. I'm going to go to the Colorado. I'm going to go skiing. I'm going to go to the Bahamas. I'm going to, you're going to do a whole bunch of things. And those things are fleeting and they're passing and they're temporary. Because you have not been urgent about your faith. You have not done what God has called you to do. You have, uh, you have filled your schedule with the fluff and the cares of this life. And I wish and pray that today, delete, 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 delete. You get rid of everything that has no purpose and significance. I was talking to my cousin yesterday and I, I said, cousin, um, there's a lot of things going on. He goes, oh, I spent the last four years of my life investing my time and my energies in things that have no relationship. I, I have not furthered the cause of my existence or the purpose of God in my life. I've wasted four years, endless schedule of traveling and scheduled time that have no fruit. They have no significance. I, I would, uh, I, my, even my law practice, so to speak, uh, I use those years very, very purposefully in God in obedience being faithful to God. But I said, Lord, I don't want to get up to heaven and to say I did a thousand real estate closings. I did 5,000 contracts. And God is going to say, what are you talking about? I don't know what a real estate closing is. I don't know what an acquisition is. I don't know what a merger. I know what the value of a soul that was won for Christ that was sitting across the table at a real estate closing who was a realtor. His name was Danny Mayore. And I was challenged at that real estate closing by a witch who says, you Christians don't meditate. We meditate and we do, um, um. And I said, yes, we do. She says, do you meditate? I says, yes, we do. On the word of God, day and night. We're like a tree planted next to the waters. We do not wither. We bear fruit in season. Whatever do we do, prosper. Because we meditate on the word of God. Psalm 1, verse 1. How they, they're not going to lead us. 
How, how dare the yoga witches lead us? With all respect to the witches. We do meditate day and night in the Word of God. That is our delightful meditation. Blessed is the man who does not walk according to the patterns of sinners and mockers and unbelievers. But his joy, his delight is in the law of the Lord. In that law he meditates day and night. I said, of course we meditate. Hallelujah. Of course we meditate. Praise the Lord from whom all blessings flow. We need to be urgent about our faith. We're not going to have a second chance to sit at a real estate closing in front of a realtor. That day, Danny Mayore, a realtor, came to the Lord. He was an atheist, an unbeliever, a mocker. He gave his heart to Christ. Him and his whole family served God. He became a worship leader. The urgency of time and see, I'm not going to a real estate closing. I'll go, but I'm looking for souls. I'm looking to raise up the standard and the flag of our God. I'm going to talk to everybody there. One day went to a, a closing. We were buying a restaurant. And, and an architect came and says, every time I read the word of God, I fall asleep. I said, because you think it's intellectual food, and it's not. It's spiritual food for those that are spiritually alive, and you're spiritually dead. He goes, I never thought of it like that. Well, think about it. That this Bible is spiritual food for the spirit of a man who's alive in Christ. And man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so the urgency of our time and our conversation have to be meaningful. Luke chapter 12, and we're finishing. This man is living not for the urgency of eternity. Luke 12, 16. He's living for the urgency of earthly realm. He says, the ground of a certain man yielded plentifully. The ground, the land of a certain rich man had much fruit. He didn't have the urgency of faith. The only thing that he says is, because I'm making so much money and I'm becoming so prosperous and I'm so fruitful, let me do this. Verse 17. He thought within him, what shall I do since I have no more room for my earthly crops to be stored? When you become huge upon the earth and you have no urgency of faith, what you have means nothing to God or you have no room for God in your plans. Verse 18, he said, I will do this. I'm going to pull down my barns. I'm going to build greater barns and I will continue to keep all my crops and goods. There's no urgency about winning the world, about walking with God. He's thinking about, hey, this is the devil's favorite song. Ready? Me, 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 me. It's all about him. There's no urgency that what he has can be used for the glory of God. We don't think like that. We don't think our schedule belongs to God. Everything we are belongs to God, even our next breath. If God doesn't give it to you, you won't breathe another. So the Bible says, let everything that breathes praise the Lord. You think about breathing, you think about God. Verse 19. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take it easy. No urgency. 
No people, listen to me. When you're in the hospital and you're about to embark in your greatest journey you'll ever embark, that's when people start bargaining and negotiating with God. Lord, if you keep me upon the earth, I'm going to serve you and everything I have is yours. Lord, I'll serve you with everything I do. You will be king and Lord. And he says, take it easy. You have many goods. You have a lot of fruit. Be merry. Just have a good time. Verse 20. God said to him, you fool, tonight I'm coming for your soul. You unwise man, tonight your soul will be required of you. When then, at that time, whose will those things be which you have provided for? What's, as soon as you're gone, then what? Then what? Where's your plan then? A plan is to renegotiate. Verse 21. So is he who lays up for himself. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. See, the urgency of faith, and, and, and this is, listen to me, and this is the bottom line. As I obey and do what God says, obey and surrender, obey and move, obey and be at clockwork with God, time, season, thoughts, words, my heart lined up with what he wants. Then I'm open to do the Lord's pleasure. I'm open to do that which God is calling me to do. That same chapter, he rebukes them profusely. You think that what you're getting here is that this, and this is the spirit of the Lord that's speaking this morning. Verse 54. He said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, here comes a rain shower. And so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say there will be hot weather. The summer's coming. And there, it, and there it comes. In verse 56, it says, you hypocrites, you're able to discern the seasons by looking at the face of the sky upon the earth. How is it you don't know how to know that it's the time to be urgent about the things of God? How is it that you're postponing and you have plans that don't involve God? Uh, one of the verses that, that I have here uh, says that a wicked man has God in none of his thoughts. Psalm 104. Four, ver, uh, Psalm 10 verse 4 he's not tied into God's agenda the wicked is proud in his face he does not seek God and God is in none of his thoughts I don't have no purposes of God in my life this year I have no purpose of God in my urgency of the faith this year I'm postponing that maybe one day an angel will visit me he'll wake me up in the middle of the night in my room and he says beloved one stand up and do something for God right now Stand up and do what you're going to do for God now, today. What's within your reach, do it now for God today. Psalm 10, verse 3. Why is this man proud? Why is God in none of his thoughts? Because he's filled with his own ways. He boasts of his own heart's desire. He blesses the greedy and renounces the Lord. He, he'll go, and, and this is true, they'll go and they'll play $5,000 in a casino. They'll go and, and, and invest in the things of this world. And they're greedy and they renounce the Lord because they're fulfilling their own heart's desire. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 3 says, We've spent enough time in this world doing what we want. We've spent, so please underline that. Say it with me. We spent enough in our past life doing the will of the Gentiles. We were doing what wicked people do. You better not be doing what wicked people do. That better not be where you're plugged into. When we walked in lust, in, in, in doing those things that were priorities before God, that's abominable idolatries. Doing things before you do them for God. 
Hebrews 6.11 says we should show the same urgency and diligence to the end. We should say, we, listen, you, you've seen somebody that's in a hurry to get to the emergency room? Have you seen that? Have you seen the urgency of somebody who wants Super Bowl tickets? Have you seen that? Have you seen the urgency of one who wants to do the things? They're fast. They're furious. They're intense. They're deliberate. Nobody wastes their time. I'm marveled. I'm marveled how men are able to go after the things of this world, and they're so lapsed and absent doing things for God. We need to understand the, the urgency of our time and our day. Listen, I'm done. There's another group coming in now. And I want to tell you that you were chosen as a vessel of God for this generation, for today, for right now. Uh, the Harvard graduates were brought in a man who would speak to them on the topic of urgency. This is the world bringing into Harvard University, tell us about urgency. And he says like this, what you feel, you do it now. You don't postpone it. If you leave it for another season, you have been stripped of the urgency of the matter. And he says people spend a lifetime, I wonder, wonder, wonder. I'm going to think about it. I will consider it. I'm gonna, and they never fulfill that which God has called them to do today. Are you going to men's meeting tomorrow night? I'll think about it. Are you going to surrender your life to the Lord fully? I'm going to consider it. Are you going to become an excellent husband? Maybe. Are you going to be a faithful son and honor your father? Are you going to honor your family? Are you going to receive your marching orders? I don't know. And that just carries on to another season of you missing out what God has for you today. Let's stand. Tell God to bring urgency to your faith. Be radical. Be intense. Don't be those who linger off into the currents of mediocrity. When God speaks to you, do it right away. Joaquin, this man owes you $6,000. Go and forgive him. Well, let me think about it. I knew if I thought about it, I wouldn't forgive him. I said, I better drive to his house today and release him of his debt today so I can see God tomorrow. So I can see the glory of God. As soon as I do what God has called me to do, I receive what God has for me. The lingering of not inheriting the promises of God is because there's no faithful obedience now. You say, where is God? And God has been waiting for you for years because you refuse to do what he's asked you to do right now. I'm just going to pray for you and I'm going to release you. If you want to give your heart to the Lord, do it today. Don't postpone it for tomorrow. If you're going to make a commitment to join this world-changing church, don't leave it for next week. Don't, don't consider it. If you're going to be committed to, to being a serious man of God. One man came to me last month and he says, well, you know something, I'm thinking about starting to tithe. I said, you're a fool. And that's why nobody respects you. Because you only think. You're not urgent about the reality of your faithfulness. The urgency. It's, when you hang out with urgent men, they know the time it is. They know the time it is. They know where to be. They know how to be. They schedule. Some man called me yesterday. He says, I want to be part of your schedule. I said, you can't. You're not urgent enough. 
but you still want to think. Obedience is is a, a radical decision of right now, I decide. Today is the day of the Lord. I'm not going to harden my heart in unbelief and go astray. I'm going to be intense. I'm going to be radical. I'm going to be now. I want to hang around these people. Lot wasn't urgent about his son-in-laws and they perished. God says, I'm going to destroy the earth, the Sodom, the city. And they thought he was joking. He even stayed. The angels had to grab him by the back of the collar and pull him out. His wife was still not urgent. She was still contemplating where she had her investments in the world. She turned into a pillar of salt. She missed out salvation. She missed out provision. She missed out significance and purpose. Lord, we don't want to miss out. We want to be walking according to your schedule, in your time, in your season, offering to you what our hearts have vowed, what you have required to please you in all things, knowing what the will of God is knowing what the desire of God is and if we're faithful today and if we walk with you consistently each step of the way we will see your glory we will see your faithfulness we will see your power we will see exaltation like Joey says that those who humble themselves and conform to the image of the Son shall be given a name above names shall be exalted where knees shall bow Well, deference will be given, Lord. If the devil knows that the time is short, how much more do the sons of wisdom need to do what God has called them to do upon the earth? Help us to schedule. Help us to converse with the urgency of the times, oh God. Tie our hearts, align them to God's heart on the the, the end of the days that have fallen upon us, oh God. We whom the end of the days have fallen upon, oh God, have to have an extreme sense of urgency to not say tomorrow but to say today in Jesus name we pray amen amen and amen as you leave this place